1: It is learning to live simply, learning to find joy in the journey. It is to find appreciation for the big. We woke up and we were healthy. Like we just took breath unassisted and our heart has remained beating and so anytime that you wake up you have literally a fresh start to make a different decision and to that i say hell yes like that's the land i want to dwell and if in the process of living in capacity zero i earn my way to multiple commas and zeros and i get to drive the car and i get to go on vacations that's great but that doesn't indicate or get me closer to happiness or joy it is actually understanding that i am joy the people that i surround myself with and the decisions i make is joy not the destination or the outcome
0: could you be on any more fire? Riddle me that. You <laughs> a jug, a juggernaut. And I, I'm just laughing because I just love you straight up. And I couldn't agree more with, with everything that you just said. And specifically, it's funny because maybe it is a little cliche to say fall in love with the journey. I like to say marry the process, divorce the outcome. On today's episode of the CLS Experience, we have a very exclusive treat. She's a super entrepreneur, talented photographer, educator, and founder of the dynamic social media marketing company, Social Curators, no big deal. You might have heard of her from her top-rated podcast, The Jasmine Star Show, where she interviews lead industry experts and helps people turn their passion into profits. After walking away from law school, she reinvented herself as an internationally recognized, creative, badass entrepreneur, being featured in Forbes and Entrepreneur, just to name a few. Her business savviness advice is second to none, And she's here to teach you how to market your business on social media, build a brand, and create a life you absolutely love. She's just a juggernaut in all facets of life and a terrific mother and wife. Please welcome the abundant, curious, brilliant, and beautiful, the innovative Jasmine Starr. How you doing, Jasmine? I mean, come on! (laughs) Come on!
1: And it is like with an intro like that, I need to go buy a lotto ticket. I'm feeling lucky today. Let's go.
0: Look, you said let's turn up. So then <laughs> I
1: did. I did. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I didn't know we're going this high. Okay. We're going way up. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. I'm glad you feel elevated. Uh take great pride in those intros. But as was like to say, it's your story. You wrote it. I just said it.
1: Uh, yes, but the word juggernaut is something that I'm going to add. I'm like, unless I am being introduced <laughs> as a juggernaut, we ain't doing it right. So thank you, though. Thank you. In all seriousness and all humility, I really do appreciate it. So thank
0: you. Hell yeah. No problem. My pleasure. And, and it's funny because we could have chatted for a while before we record, but we're probably like, let's save this juicy stuff for the show. And, and for my audience now, about 4 million, in case you're not familiar with Jasmine, my biggest suggestion is do a deep dive, play catch up, check out her content, her programs, everything she's got going on. It's fantastic. What I think is most valuable today is we just have an unbelievable conversation. Before we dive in, we're going to get a little weird. You ready for me, Jasmine?
1: Yeah. I mean, the question is, are you ready? Like, because it's like my weird (laughs) is unmatchable. So like, if we're going to go weird, it's like, wave your freak flag. It's like, we're about to get real weird. Yeah, I'm for sure ready. I'm for sure ready.
0: Challenge accepted. What is your superpower?
1: I can listen to stories that are in between the stories. Like what people are not saying uh, outside of what they're actually saying. Tell me more. Uh, so oftentimes people will, um, as natural human, the, what we do is we want to put our best foot forward. And then every time we make a statement, it's based on a series of experience, shared stories. And then what happens is that over time, the stories that we repeat to ourselves again and again, become not just a belief, but a fact. And so oftentimes I think my, one of my superpowers is to hear what's going on in between the lines and then to ask questions that kind of press on a commonly held belief so that we see things from a different perspective. And that makes us like stronger, better, faster along the way.
0: So good because everything is a perspective or a reframe,
1: right?
0: 100%. Yeah, this is too good. Only negative I got going on has been around 10 hours to chat, but I have a feeling it's just the beginning of the friendship. Absolutely. Hell yeah. And, and let's dive right into it. I was looking at your content, which I suggest everybody do immediately following this episode. And one of the things that you often talk about that you've done that's been successful for you is leaning into uncomfortable action. I was giving you a little context before we record and a little bit of my journey, and I'm no stranger to uncomfortable action. And for me, that uncomfortable action typically leads to the biggest growth available. How do you lean into that? And were you always good at it? Or is that a skill that you had to develop?
1: Um, so I, I hate putting labels as something like good, bad, but I think objectively speaking, I was pretty terrible at uncomfortable action. In fact, most of my life, I was running in the opposite direction of uncomfortable action because, you know, when my, I'm the daughter of an immigrant, so my father came from Mexico, my mom's from Puerto Rico. We grew up in East Los Angeles, like times were tough and money was thinner than butter on hot toast. And so my whole goal was how do I not go back to that? And so every decision is made through the lens of avoidance and protection. But when you avoid and you try to protect the decisions, it's actually stopping you from reaching a different level because you're kind of swimming in the same pond expecting to find your way to the ocean. And so uncomfortable action was not anything that I was used to or accustomed to. I was 25, 26 years old before I realized I can even start a business. So imagine living your whole life thinking that that was never a possibility. And then all of a sudden you challenge the belief of what was possible and then decided to step into that. And what I wish I knew stepping into entrepreneurship was it is only the school of hard knocks. You don't need an MBA after your name. What you need is the ability to get up after getting knocked down again and again. And then understanding that the quicker you jump into uncomfortable action is the quicker you get a result. And even if the result is not what you had expected, any result result is better than no result. And I just realized the more I was uncomfortable, the quicker I was getting results. And I amassed results, good, bad, fugly, ugly, everything on the in-between. I amassed enough results for me to start making different decisions. And that actually catapulted my business in different ways.
0: First of all, well, obviously we're going to share the videos, but for the audience that's just listening right now, you got to see her. She is lit up. And I imagine, like me, although it took me thirty-five years to really find myself, this isn't work to you. Like you love this stuff. Like these Thank types you. of conversations. It's so Thank obvious, you. right? You. And you don't need to like really be motivated because you called and so forth. It's just it's special. I feel your vibe straight up. And I love what you said there because for so long I felt stuck. And I want to be very clear: I wasn't stuck. I just felt stuck. And what I was really doing is I was struggling to make the tough choices, like to ask myself if I was really happy. And I was replaying this story or this movie, if you will, in my head, like, is this it for me? And like, I'd see happy people. Also when I reinvented myself, it wasn't just my career. I just got engaged, it was really my whole life. So Mm -hmm. I would look at people that were really happy and I was like, is that really smoke and mirrors? But I I was just feeding into this story. And then when I realized in the pandemic, like I I have a choice, is it this story? Or maybe I could choose a different one. And I started leaning into uncomfortable action and it became intoxicating because every single time I did, something would open up that I didn't even see coming. Mm -hmm. And those are the best types of opportunities. Would you agree?
1: 100%, 110%.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. And also look for the audience listening like uncomfortable action could obviously be scary, but as Jasmine just tested too, it gets easier once you realize that it comes to results, but consider the alternative, staying stuck and wasting time.
1: Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's what I did a lot of. I would measure the cost of something. And it wasn't until I matured in my business that I realized there's a cost to everything. There's a cost of taking action and there's a cost of inaction. And so oftentimes I measure the cost of what it would take time, money, relationships, the cost of that versus being in the same place I am today, 12 months from now. That is a much heavier cost. And oftentimes there's this thing called capacity zero, your capacity to get down to zero, which is to start over from scratch. The closer you remain to capacity zero, the less important these decisions become. It's when we start indexing our um, bank account, our cars, our zip code, our clothing, uh, the tags associated to what it is that our identity has become defined by. The more you get away from capacity zero, the more that every decision becomes scarier because there's more to lose. But if you learn how to be thankful for what you have and live simply, that all of a sudden the cost of losing becomes very little because you're already living within your means and you appreciate the truth and reality of life. And that is to find happiness in the journey, not in in the destination. Now I know that sounds super hallmarky and you're just like, okay, this looks like a really bad Netflix special gone bad, but I'm like, no, no, it is actually that. It is learning to live simply, learning to find joy in the journey. It is to find appreciation for the like we woke up and we were healthy. Like we just took breath unassisted and our heart has remained beating. And so anytime that you wake up, you have literally a fresh start to make a different decision. And to that I say, hell yes, like that's the land I want to dwell. And if in the process of living in capacity zero, I earn my way to multiple commas and zeros and i get to drive the car and i get to go on vacations that's great but that doesn't indicate or get me closer to happiness or joy it is actually understanding that i am joy the people that i surround myself with and the decisions i make is joy not the destination or the outcome
0: could you be on any more fire riddle me that ah. you, you really <laughs> a jug or not i i'm just laughing because i just love you straight up and i couldn't agree more with, with everything that you just said and specifically it's funny because Maybe it is a little cliche to say fall in love with the journey. I like to say marry the process, divorce the outcome. VMI Sports is the premier and fastest growing brand in sports nutrition, bar none. Their products help me clang and bang in the gym and facilitate consistently faster PRs, marathon after marathon, no big deal. A few products that I personally want to brag about are as follows. The KXR Pre-Workout. Full dose of beta-alanine for strength and endurance, and has ingredients for cognition and focus, having me sharp as attack. I also want to mention their ProtoLite protein, consisting of 100% whey isolate, which is easily digestible and facilitates hydration. And my personal favorite has the best flavors in the market, such as vanilla cake batter and cinnamon crunch. If you want to combine feeling and looking like a billion dollars in all facets of life and during your workouts, go to VMIsports.com, use code CLS and thank me later. I only partner with the best. You dig? But it's so true. Just this human nature, like once you get, like you climb a big mountain, typically you spend a minute there and then you're already thinking about the next mountain, right? So mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. the things, the materials, mm-hmm. the cars, the bank that is going to create that feeling of having a lit soul, right? First you activate the lit soul, that joy. And then ironically enough, you end up manifesting those things anyway, because you're a vibrational match for all that stuff. Took me a while to figure this out, but you really just nailed it. Thank you. Yeah, so good. Uh, So many places we could take this conversation. And of course, I wanna hit on a lot of the exciting things that you have going on right now. Another thing that I saw you talking about, which I think is awesome and really land with the audience today, is perfect, is just procrastination in disguise. So Mm -hmm. good. Illustrate what you mean by that.
1: Well, oftentimes, like, so I have the honor and the privilege to be working with entrepreneurs. And what we do is we use... The coat of perfection thing, like when I get it perfect, or I'm going to launch it when it's perfect, or I need to wait for the copy to be perfect. I need to wait for the ad strategy to be perfect. I need to wait for my website to be perfect. But perfection is subjective. Like what I think is perfect, I put out and you put out, and you're like, ah, I, right. And then all of a sudden I put something out and I'm like, I don't even know how it's going to do. And you're like, this is, this is utter perfection. Like this is a juggernaut. And I'm looking at it, I was like, no, that's just something that I'd like spit out in the morning. But that just goes to prove that one person's artwork is somebody else's like misnomer or misunderstanding. So if we understand that perfection is subjective, then why are we waiting on nothing? And it's like, so if we understand that perfection is in the way of our progress, then what we're using is perfection as a guard, as a gatepost, as a delay of actually putting it out into the world. Because what actually makes it perfect is by it being out, the market having an assessment or a judgment, and the market speaking back to you. And then you iterate until not the product or the service is perfect, but the product or service is perfect for the person who's supposed to intend to buy it. And that becomes a different psychology of us, the way that we put
0: things out. Jasmine, do you drink coffee? I do, of course. You are lit up right now. Usually, But little- you know,
1: I actually, I actually didn't drink coffee until I was like in my early thirties. And so like, I'm, I'm kind of just like high on life. Like people are like, Oh my God, you know, she too much caffeine or like the girl, Like there's been comments on YouTube. They're like, Oh, this girl needs to kick it on her Adderall. And I'm like, number one, I'm high on life. Number two, I'm half Puerto Rican. So I just show up the way that I am. <laughs> and I always say the bigger my hoops, the bigger my attitude. And uh, for people who are unfamiliar with me right now, I'm wearing tiny hoops. Like if I show up next week and I have like these big hoops on, like be prepared. I don't talk fast. You listen slow. I am not fast. You just can't keep up. So it's like some people are like, oh, she's too much. And I'm like, oh, too much. Again, that's subjective because you want to know what's a little too much? Fries at the end of your bag, that's a little too much. You wanna know it's too much? Finding an extra, finding that long lost sock in your dryer, that's a little too much. You wanna know it's too much? Finding a lotto ticket in the street that it was like the scratcher that you got a ticket. That's a little too much. So all of a sudden, when we say, Oh, that's too much, we immediately identify something negative. When somebody says, Oh, that's too much, that's great. Are you not enough? Because I wanna be the fries on the end of the bag. I wanna be that random lotto ticket, I wanna be that unmatched sock in your dryer. I want to be a little too much for a lot of people so that the right people find me. I am okay not being liked by a lot of people. Because i know i'm intended just to serve a small group of people because it's a small group of people who end up changing the world
0: absolutely 100 to all of it it might be someone recently said to me uh i don't have a big nose i just have a small face <laughs> 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 and i started dying laughing <laughs> but but it's all subjective right it's perspective but, right, but right. when we begin and like when you, you're obviously extremely authentic. This is clearly the real you. Uh, and and when you show up like that, it's true. Some people might not flock towards you, but mm-hmm. then life is going to act as a real authentic filter, right? And, and it's funny because when I stepped into this, it might surprise you, but I'm a bit of an introvert. And I had 300 Instagram followers at the time when I, when I was going to start this stuff, but, but I knew it was a means to an end and I would get comfortable at it. But ultimately, I made one guarantee to myself. And that was that for the first time in my life, I would really show up to the world as the real world authentic Craig and not be a people pleaser. And, and I understood the fact that it wouldn't be everyone's cup of tea and that's okay, right? And, uh, and your content, you were just talking about maybe yesterday or the other day about a little bit of a three-part framework to dealing with people on the internet who might have something negative to say about you. Is that right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, I call them drive-by comments. And like, as a girl from the hood, you don't mess or drive bys like they're like <laughs> life or death, you know, and so um, a drive by comment is with somebody who's not even a follower, occasionally are but most of the time, they're just strangers who decide to have an opinion about what it is you do. And so the three part framework because I needed to separate emotion from logic. Because emotions change and emotions are fleeting and emotions often misguide us. But logic, especially when it comes to content that we're putting out on the internet should prevail. And so I was like, okay, let me trade in my emotions like, dang, that hurt my feelings. Dang, it's having like an impact on who I am. Because quite honestly, somebody else's opinion of me doesn't pay my bills. So why am I going to get caught up in somebody else's opinion if they were never going to be a customer or a client to begin with? So then the framework then became number one, am I going to leave the comment on my account? Because I am unafraid of comments that disagree with what i with my opinion. I am okay with somebody's just not about my vibe. no problem. But if it is rooted in disrespect to myself or to any of the followers, if it is rooted in vitriol hate or mis misalignment of facts, then it's my account i get to delete it if i choose to leave it then i get to ask myself part two am i going to respond because it's okay like if you come to my account be like i disagree with you no problem we can disagree i'm fine with that i actually like disagreements we're cool this is what makes us special makes the world work now the third question becomes am i going to respond Now, if I'm going to respond, then what I need to do is respond with respect and add a clarity for what my point is in case there was a misunderstanding. So number one, am I going to leave the post? Number two, am I going to respond? And then if the answer is yes, I'm going to respond. Can I do it with respect and integrity, clarifying what might have been misunderstood? And then after I did that, after I go through that, I always remember that a person who's doing better than me is not leaving mean comments let's pause that again anybody who is doing better than me is not leaving me comments so the people who are often have an opinion are the people who i'm sorry are eating my dust for breakfast now that's the petty side that's the petty side that is the petty betty i always say i'm a half holy half hood that's a hood side like sorry i can't hear you i can't hear you like there's dust in your mouth from how far ahead of you now the holy side of me like the nicer more evolved self which i'm trying to work on every day is hurt people hurt people And it is the empathy that I must deploy against that and be like, I am sorry that I am doing something you so deeply want to or don't have the courage to. And I used to be that person. So to you, I am deeply sorry. We can we can agree to not agree. I will engage respectfully and then move on from there because I'm too busy chasing what I've been put on this earth to do.
0: Yeah, you really are alive. This is tremendous. And I love the way you break it down and actually make it practical. Right, where, where most people would probably react, you simply respond and there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And I wanna acknowledge you again, like your equanimity is really impressive. And, and also I, I saw you talking about this and it's basically, correct me I'm wrong, but reminds me of exactly what you're saying, like using your energy to grow, glow and heal, but certainly not to worry. Now for, mm-hmm. for some that might be easier said than done. How did you get to this point of strength where you just simply aren't available for for those p- cats who don't pay your bills, whatever the case may be.
1: Uh, so it was. It's an active practice. I a hundred percent was the person who cared and worried, and it felt very heavy. Mm. Everybody's opinions felt heavy. I always started second guessing. Like there is a beauty in creating content when nobody is following you. There is a beauty of doing the work in the darkness so that when it sees the light of day, there's not an attachment to it. And then all of a sudden, the stories we begin to tell ourselves is the work we once did in the dark must now be done in the light so everybody can see what we're doing all of the time because we want the accolades, we want the likes, we want the engagement. But when you create in the light, other people can speak to it. And I started realizing that when I created work in the light and people had opinions, it started crushing my creative process, started crushing who I was because I cared too dang much. And then what happens is the same Internet that serves you the accolades and the glory and the hype is the same Internet that will come out and chop you down at your knees. I had been chopped down so hard. I was like, oh, I'm never going to come back from this. I'm never going to give my power away because I thought I had given it away. I thought I never had the capacity to come back and build a business. This is absolute facts. This was my story until after years of therapy, I decided that I'm going to create in the dark and I'm only going to create in dark. I'm going to create for myself. And if somebody, when the dark work sees the light, likes it, it, it is, it is away from me. It is outside of me. And I can now put my work out as its own entity, judge the work I know who I am. If the work resonates with you, then great. I think the only way that I am able to get to a point to where I am unaffected by what people say is I am unaffected by the positive stuff that they say and I'm unaffected by the negative stuff they say because the work that I have done is not intended for everybody. It's intended for a small group of people. And if you have an opinion about it, that's fine. It's just not gonna affect the way that I am showing up or how I'm creating.
0: Bang, that's where we drive the mic, but we're just getting warmed up. And it's very obvious to me that you've done a lot of work, as you should, as we all should, right? As As I have been as well, because you speak with such a level of confidence that says to me that you have contrast because you used to be some way and you were able to get to this point. So so now you know what best serves you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that Um, We need to be, we need to share more of the contrast. We need to share more of the polarities. Like I can say that I'm such a different entrepreneur after coming on the back of 2022 and being okay to talk about like the hardest years of a career and talk about the pitfalls and talk about the lessons and have the power to say what other people would call a failure. I am choosing. I'm making the active, volitional, powerful decision to not call it a failure. I'm gonna call it a lesson, but actually believe that because my whole life I had been beat up by my failure and become defined by them. I would hold my past as an indicator of what I could do in the future. But if I was only looking at the past as a series of failures, what I was subconsciously telling myself was what I do in the future is going to be a failure because I'm looking at the past. It wasn't until I actually shifted everything and said, my past does not indicate what I'm going to do in the future. And everything that didn't work out the way that I wanted in the past is preparing me for what I want in the future. If I have the strength, the cojones, the wherewithal, the spot to actually say, I'm going to do that because everything I went through is getting me closer to that. And I think that that mindset shift only happens after you make decisions at the darkest part. Like when you're laying on your back on the gutter and you're like, I can't get any lower. Then your only option is to say, am I going to use this as fuel or am I just going to say I'm I'm done and it's cool?
0: Yeah, this is unbelievable stuff. And you kind of just facilitated a breakthrough for me, right? Because when when I started this, I was so I was living in the past uh, of all the things that didn't work out, and and I I guess I I created this belief that my past was a reflection on on my future, which it absolutely is not. Where you're for anyone listening right now, this is going to land wherever you're at right now is no indication of your unlimited potential in the future, right? As long as you, I think you have to forgive yourself. Sometimes I think something that's really worked for me, and I'd love to see if you agree, is you have to accept it. Doesn't mean you have to approve of it, but you have to accept where you're at. It is what it is. Forgive yourself. What can you do next with, with kind of a clean slate and start fresh? And obviously from being, a look, pain is the portal, right? Usually the great ideas, the growth happens when we are lying on our back. Mm-hmm. We wish it wasn't the case, but, but I think that's what gives us the contrast.
1: I a hundred percent agree. And one of the things that you had said is um, us having the wherewithal or ability to forgive ourselves, and I think that for somebody like myself, like uh, forgiveness is ooh, we getting deep, we getting deep, we getting real. <laughs> Good. Forgiveness, uh, forgiveness is in this old me. The old version of me was that forgiveness is earned, and I never felt like I had earned my own forgiveness. And it wasn't until I had done work with my therapist to say, well, instead of giving forgiveness, if it doesn't feel natural, could you not go back and extend grace? Could you not say that given what you were given and knowing what you knew and doing what you did, did you not make the best decision given the tools? And when it was framed like that. I didn't have to forgive myself because forgiveness came on the assumption that I volitionally knew what I was doing was going to lead me down to demise or lead down to a a quote unquote failure or or lead to an unexpected outcome. But she says, if you at the time were making decisions based on the information you had, with the education you had, with the resources you had, with the money you had, with the experience you had, and it didn't end up, did you, could you not just say I did the best I could? If I do it again, I probably wouldn't make that decision, but I did the best I could. And all of a sudden it was kind of like a shift for me. I look back and I'm like, damn, I did the best I could. Was it up to snuff and was the outcome what I wanted? Probably not. But I did the best I could. Am I better, stronger, wiser, more ready to make similar, but yet better decisions in the future? Hell yes, I am. And that's the space that I could dwell in a little bit more authenticity to who I was.
0: Yeah, you're such a beautiful soul. I have like a dopamine hit right now because th- there's just so much alignment and just we're on the same page a- and i imagine like you're not afraid to like live life at this point like get your heart cracked wide open if need be but it's a part of the process for mm-hmm. so long i think i and, and many people stay on this try to play it safe right because they don't want to get hurt whatever the case may be but it's a part of the journey, especially when you really take a big swing and take a shot at this beautiful blessing, this gift that Mm -hmm. is life. Like you're gonna get stung and sometimes heartbroken and disappointment and all the things, but it's a part of it, right? Mm
1: Absolutely. You know, a a lot of a lot of crazy, beautiful, gnarly things happened in 2020. Like you had a coming to, you had a rebirth in, in 2020 around the time of the pandemic. I read on your website before we hopped on to this interview. And then prior to recording the interview, kind of just got a little bit of the backstory. In 2020, 2020 was a, a, a the pandemic year for me was a massive shift because after waiting. Um, three, three and a half years to be placed for adoption. We got 24 hours notice that there was a baby girl who was born in Las Vegas. So we go, this is right before, this is like February, 2020. So this is right before the closures. California was crazy with the closures. Vegas was crazy with the closures. So we get there, we get placed. And then all of a sudden, amidst a billion other things happening in my life, Um, My husband and I and our newborn daughter, we have to move in. No, we don't have to. We get to move into an apartment because we bought a home right before the pandemic and then everything closed down. So we couldn't build on a home that literally did not have a roof. And we're like, okay, life just got flipped upside down. And what happened that year for me was when you said, oh, it sounds like you're cracked open. And I actually didn't. I always felt like I was open. And it wasn't until like a third person came into my orbit and showed me how closed off I had been. And so we have all of these different opportunities and different invitations of outside forces that challenge and invite us to do something different. But many of us don't rise to that occasion or challenge in the way that empowers us to live completely broken. Because we're afraid of what it means. We're afraid of the impact. We're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of what people are going to say. We're afraid of the outcome being on display. And the thing that I realized for me was like my coming out party was just like, I now have a daughter who is going to watch how I live and she's going to have the closest access to me than anybody else. And if I am duplicitous, the greatest disservice that I can do to my life and to hers is to see her mother talk one way and act like another and so all of a sudden i just thought i thought i was free i thought i was okay with my opinions and now when i look through the vision of like through her lens all of a sudden i say who cares Have your daughter see what it is to live a life unashamed, unafraid, unabandoned, because it is for those little girls who will then stand up and do different things because they saw their mothers show up and do different things. And so we both had a coming out in 2020, but we also have to give ourselves a little bit of credit for accepting what it means and what it feels like to live wide open, because with much honor and privilege comes a lot of responsibility to that, too.
0: Nutrition Solutions offers the best healthy meal prep options for health, wellness, weight loss, and improved performance. The customer service and support at Nutrition Solutions is unbelievable and second to none. And when I travel for my marathons, the meals are waiting at my hotel, I don't even have to break a sweat. Even their protein donuts and breakfast items are made with fresh organic ingredients, I love Nutrition Solutions' reliability, quality, and all-around lifestyle that they represent, which is world-class. To get both physically and mentally fit, go to NutritionSolutions.com and use promo code CLS25. Thank me later. You dig? Yeah, this just got real deep. And I want to acknowledge you again. Thank you for being so vulnerable and pulling back the curtain. And to be honest with you, I wanted to ask you about this, but I wanted to tread lightly. And I agree with everything you said, two things. Number one, I'm not a parent yet, just got engaged, hopefully in, in the near future. But something that's really important to me is like, if you're going to tell your kid, right? Like, hey, you could be anything you want to be or pursue that's right. your dreams. That's who, right. Who are they going to look at first? Well, mom, why aren't you, right? Or dad, how come you're not? So for anyone that's like lacking a why right now, even just take that, right? and And be the best example for your kid. And then also- I know that you you've been vocal about the adoption process and so forth, and, and I believe you said it felt like rejection. But that was a story that you were kind of replaying, and, and then you transformed it and reframed it. I'm curious, how did you reframe it, and what was the reframe?
1: I think that the I'm, when I look back at that person, I want to like, uh like give appreciation, give grace, because the reframe took a long time. I am Craig, I was just like, when I look back at it, I was like, could you not just enjoy the wait? Could you not just trust and believe that the promise that you had been given from God that you would have a family? I believed it, but you know, you wait a few months and then you wait a few years and then you begin to doubt. And I just wish that I look back and be like, the waiting was part of the process. You were not ready then. Your home was not ready. Your body was not ready. Maybe your bank accounts weren't even ready. I can't, I can't know why I wasn't ready, but I wish I had trusted and enjoyed the process instead of always looking around being like, when? Why not me? And the rejection came in the form, and I know it was a story, and I wish I could have just stepped outside of myself and said, "Big girl, choose a different story. You're not being rejected. You're being redirected that this child you're not choosing this child this child's choosing you so why are you gonna rush her why can't you just enjoy that baby girl is sitting with my grandma in heaven waiting for the right time to come why can't i choose that story and so she taught me that everything that i know i have been given a promise I know I'm going to do something big with my life. I know it. I feel it in my bones. And in the middle in the middle of this conversation we're having, this, I was like, dang, there's some really hard days. There's some really hard weeks. If I was going to be honest with you, 2022 was a really hard year. And so what I learned in that lesson is that every rejection is a redirection. And do I believe that I have a God promise? Do I have a purpose promise? Do I have a big promise? Do I have a universal promise? I do. I freaking do. So if I believe the promise, the way that I believe the promise that I was going to get my daughter, why can't I find joy in the journey because the destination, what we said, the destination isn't joy. It's the process that will get us there. And so, um, you know, how did I reframe it? Number one, I wish I'd have done it sooner. And then number two, I couldn't see the lesson until I went through it. But now, now for the rest of my life. It's not rejection, it's redirection. It's not rejection, it's redirection. That thing is waiting for you. Do I have the purpose and the courage and the wherewithal to wait for it? That's a different question. And I, I, I hope over, over time, what she taught me was it's coming as long as you don't quit.
0: Yeah, hell yeah, amen. And it's like whenever something happens, it seems like an obstacle, right? It, you're really just being protected and propelled to something mm. greater. And mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely tough to, to figure it out in the process. Yep. But if you have that mindset then you're never really going to be crippled by adversity because, you know, even though you don't identify it right now, something good is going to come from this.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but like, OK, so people hear this and, you know, like they're they're sitting on the subway or they're cooking, you know, arroz con be uh, habichuela. OK, they're listening to this. and They're <laughs> like, uh, OK, that's good for you. Um, it's a practice. So how about I invite people into a challenge, invite people into a, a reframe? Think of something that hurts you, just the thought of it, just the thought of it, a job you lost, a relationship that like uh, maybe you have an estranged relationship with a child, um, perhaps you lost a friendship. If you look back at that and there's enough time in between the present and what happened in the past, can you identify one or two good things that came on the back of that? Can we not just say that what was next was better? Can we not give gratitude for the heartbreak? Can we not give gratitude for the things we said in anger that we now regret? Because now we know we will never say that again. We have to be able to look at the past and say something good came from it. Because when we can do that and we're in the hard and we're in the suck and we're in the raising angry fist, why, why, why? We're like, something good's going to come out from this. I'm going to start looking for the good that's coming out from this. Because the longer it takes for us to look back at an experience and say something good came out from us, the longer we're going to sit in the distillation of the suck. But if I am in the suck and like, oh, something good, something's good's coming. I can't see it quite yet, but I'm training my mind to see it. The shorter that time gets, the faster we rebound and we get started on the next thing.
0: That's it, because then you stay available, right? A
1: hundred percent. That
0: next miracle or blessing or whatever it is.
1: A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So you had a, pr- a pretty tough, challenging year last year?
1: Yeah. You know, I'm, last week I, I send a weekly newsletter and these weekly newsletters, they're just, you know, they're just me being me and they're me sharing the journey. And um, last week, I think the exact quote was, 2022 handed me a pile of poop in a blender with a straw. You know, like- <laughs> That was just like, that was that was the year. That was like uh, everything that you had fought and worked for and every anticipation and every outcome and every like plan, goal, this is the thing. It's like nothing, nothing. And here's the thing. I say that and right now I'm like, oh, you foolish, foolish child. My family is healthy. My in-laws are cool. I love my siblings. I live in a house I love. I eat plenty of good food, so much good food that I probably should not have eaten as much good food as I did. <laughs> My relationships, the people I work with, the stages I've been able to speak on, the content I created, these conversations, all of that existed. And so why do I say that 2022 was a pile of poop when I said, yeah, it was a pile of poop. But guess what? There's a pile of other stuff, too. So I want to choose to say today, today, look at me, look at all these months later into 2023. And it's like, no, no, no. I'm gonna look back and be like, the poop existed, but I can also change my what am I gonna focus on? Because it was poop and there was other stuff too. So from here on forward, I'm gonna express appreciation for what 22 brought me, the mixed bag that it was, and I'm gonna focus on all the good because I still have my parents, still have my family, and we're healthy. Like you have that (sighs) new day, first start.
0: A little bit of gratitude. And also there's always another perspective. You know what? Thank you for saying that. I'm gonna work on that myself. Any time there's a setback or an obstacle okay, that kind of sucked, but, but what else good was involved? Or, or what perspective did it provide me? So I'm now ready for the next one.
1: Mm. You and me both. It's like, how about I send you a bill for therapy and then you send me a bill for therapy? <laughs> I think California therapy is a little more expensive. So, uh...
0: <laughs> yeah, So This conversation is awesome. It's it's very, very deep. Not your typical podcast, and, and that's what I love. Uh, I want to get into all the exciting things you have going on right now, but I got to ask you this. Uh, you do this better than anyone I know. And it's something that I finally leaned into And in, in the last two years. I've grown more than the previous 35 combined. And that is about betting on yourself, right? And I think a lot of people, it sounds great, but they don't have the courage to lean into that. Why has that been so important for you to bet on yourself?
1: So I think I want to go back to the, the word that you um, had just said. and. and... You had said a lot of people don't have courage. And I am certain we all have courage, all of us, at all times. But we must make a decision to use that courage coin.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We all have courage. So sometimes people just don't resonate like, oh, I, I got courage. You do. But will you use that coin? Will you cash that coin in? Not on, because when we talk about courage, we say, oh, we don't have courage. But if somebody w- h- threatened your loved one, you you would, you don't need courage. You're just going to cash in that coin. You don't have to think about it. But oftentimes, we challenge us cashing in our courage on us. And that's, that's, that's where I want to like, just kind of like dwell in that. And it's the idea of betting on you when we feel oftentimes, oh, I would bet on him, her. I'd bet on the stock market before I bet on myself. and. All I'm inviting people to do is listen. Your your coins don't have to all be cashed in on you. You don't have to refi your home. You don't have to quit your job. You don't have to say no to different relationships. But can you make tiny little micro bets on yourself? Because mm. what happens is we need to train the brain, the mind, and the brain are like two two parts like a yin and a yang. But oftentimes the brain becomes so overpowered in that yin and yang that the mind becomes really small. But I like to look at the mind as a jockey and the brain as a horse. The brain is powerful. The brain can run so fast in any direction. But the problem is the brain runs in so many directions that we don't actually take any movement. So what we need is to strengthen the jockey, our mind, so that we channel our horse to get it to where we want to go. But that takes time. And so we talk about betting on yourself. We talk about making courageous decisions. All I'm asking people to do is talk to your dang jockey. Tell your jockey, You don't need to refinance your home, but can you save $50 a month for the next six months to invest in a form of education to empower you to get to where you want to go? Can you do that? Yes or no? Can you spend 10 minutes a day buy a small book and keep it by the side of your bed. And that book can be about any topic that lights you up. It could be about anime. It could be about financial investing. It could be about self-development, whatever. Find the book that lights you up. And can you spend 10 minutes a day with the book instead of Netflix? That's a, that's a courage coin. So let's not like say that courage is wearing some armor and making these big, valiant decisions. You only get to make big, valiant decisions after you've done the tiny little cashing in coins of weeks, months, years, and decades.
0: What was that? That's right. I can hear your thoughts. Have no fear. I'm going to tell you exactly where you can get weekly access to the CLS experience live in action. Dropping gems, nuggets, trainings, special celebrity and business mogul guest speakers and maximum energy. We just launched the CLS membership. We have weekly Zooms with like-minded growth-oriented juggernauts. Networking and absorbing all the wisdom via weekly Zooms. Head to CultivateLastingSymphony.com and then bang! Enter your new network today. Let's grow together, you dig?
1: So if you really want to change your life, your career, your relationships, are you willing to take one coin every day and cash it in on you? That's all I ever invite people to do as they start on that journey.
0: Jasmine, I just got a little emotional when you were speaking because you really resonate with me, which means you're really going to resonate with the audience and so forth. You speak, first of all, the micro bets on yourself, that's genius, right? Because then you don't have to be so intimidated, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to run a marathon. Can you get a pair of running shoes? Mm-hmm. Can you try them on? Can you maybe mm-hmm. run one mile tomorrow? But you speak with such passion and I feel like there's a little bit of, and I mean, there's all due respect, like a little bit of pain behind it in the best way. Like you've been mm-hmm. through some shit, haven't mm-hmm. we all, mm-hmm. but, but you're passionate. it could be you're a fiery latina, I don't know, but, but you're so passionate and, and like you're penetrating my soul right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what you're saying is, is available and applicable for everybody listening right now, right? Micro bets. What can you, you don't have to get a touchdown every day. How can you get a first down today? How can you just move the, the chains a little bit? How can you just accumulate a little bit more information to work mm-hmm. on your side project? That's available for everybody. So I want to stay corrected. You're right. It's not a courage thing. It's can you act upon that 20 seconds of courage and lean into it?
1: Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Yeah.
0: yeah, this just got real deep. Uh, social curators. What's the deal with this for my audience who might not be familiar?
1: You know, okay, so here's the thing. People come on podcasts and it's a platform. We get to share it to talk about it. But I have come to discover that if I serve and I speak the way that I like to be served and spoken to. It's a far greater thing. And so, yes, I'm CEO of Social Care, and we talk it. Like, if you have like want to market your business and you want to show up and you want to schedule posts, we got that. That's cool. But what I would rather talk about is how do we go deeper without a call to a very clear call to action? And it's like if you like what has happened here, then yeah, you you can do some digging. You're smart enough to figure it out. But if we want to have more conversations, then you know, in addition to the experience, the Jasmine Star Show. That's it. You know, let, let's let's go deeper with these conversations like let's get real before somebody has an opinion on me on a, you know, 40, 45 minute conversation. You ain't going to have a real opinion. I want you to do the dirty work. I want you to have an opinion about me. I am w- equally OK for you to say that's my person or I can't stand the last thing about her. I'm not trying to be on this conversation to be liked. I'm trying to be on this conversation to be trusted. So if you trust me and you start making differences in your life, then I've done my job. All I believe that I've been called to be put on this earth to convince people that impossible things are actually possible. If you decide to make them that way, because I have seen that the minute I started to believe that anything was possible, the possibilities came to fruition. And on the back of that, I have changed my family tree. I have changed our legacy. I have changed our finances. I have changed everything simply because I had the bold, courageous decision to actually believe that what was once impossible is actually possible. So if I can convince anybody else that what you think is impossible, literally what you think is impossible, I became a top rank, internationally recognized photographer in less than two years. And I didn't own a camera when I started my business. I became the CEO of a SaaS tech company, and I have never, not once, read, seen, or written a line of code. I am literally an embodiment that unqualified, unprepared, unfunded, uneducated people can do what it is they want to do if they choose to believe. And if you choose to take action, that's it. So this podcast, I just got to get you to believe. And then what do I need to do next? I need to get you to action. How do we get to action? I don't know. Come in my orbit. Let let's see. Let's see if I come a. It's like a nice little arse kicking. Let's see. It's an arse kicking with love. It's like I can't. I'll kick you in the pants. Con amor, you know. It's like let's go. Like, are you with it? Or are you not? And it, it's it's fine. Get on the train or no? It doesn't matter to me. But that's to me how how we go deep. How how we do go deep. That's it.
0: You really are on fire. I mean, come on, like that. That's so good, right? For so many people, especially in the audience, like like entrepreneurs or people that want to do that and so forth. They think like, obviously, imposter syndrome is trendy, but really what they're thinking is either what are people going to say or am I unqualified? And, and you are the living, breathing embodiment and testimonial of mm-hmm. you know, to be qualified. You just mm-hmm. need to get going, to be inspired, to be resourceful, right. to be determined. That's right.
1: That was right. And here's the thing. I am I'm deeply empathetic to that. I'm deeply empathetic to being unqualified. But who cares? Like since when his qualifications stopped anybody from dreaming? And so in my mind, your grandmother could have said it and your great-grandmother and my mom, our moms could have said that, that they were unqualified, therefore they didn't pursue it. We don't have that excuse because we have the freaking internet. We have every college. We have every thought leader. We have every question that has been answered a billion times over. We have YouTube, which is hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of every tutorial. Everything else is figureoutable. Period. The end. You don't know the answer. Go to Google and study for the answer, the answers will come to you. And then you need to use your courage coin and see, can I cash in a little bit on this? When I was looking for a CTO and I didn't know what the heck I was looking for. I just started reading tech forums. I started asking questions like, what language do you write? And I didn't even know what languages they were, but I was like, okay. And I started asking people and I started asking, but I started asking better questions, the more courage coins that I used. That is all of it. Unqualification, no Longer matters. Why the internet gave you a diploma? I always say I, I got my MBA from University of Google. I really do. I really do, and it's accessible to everybody for free. That's it.
0: Let's just call what it is in two thousand twenty three. an education does not mean college.
1: Hey, Amen. Exactly. Google,
0: YouTube. Exactly. Books. Podcasts. Free.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. We'll land the plane with this last question, and this is just selfish for me. As okay. Our brand is scaling and growing right now, and we're hiring, and it's very exciting. And, and I used to have this limiting belief, like, who the hell is going to wake up as excited about CLS as Craig? But that is a limiting belief, and, and what got us here is not what's going to get us there. So you have to delegate and trust, obviously, and, and you talk about that a lot. And something that I saw you said, which if I'm being honest, I don't know really exactly know what you mean, but I'd love to, is that you don't hire just for a role, but you hire to go with gangst core values. And then also... You talked about how you used to hate to give feedback because you hate to hurt feelings. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, I love this question. Okay, so this is this is like this is (laughs) now I get into the nitty gritty, the business stuff. I this is this is the land I dwell. Like this is stuff I eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I want to go back to something and something that you had said was a limiting belief was that somebody doesn't believe that CLS could actually be how you perceive and believe in how big CLS could be. And I'm like, okay, but let's just separate that. You don't need people on your team to believe the way that you do. You don't. You need them to believe that you could lead them to what your vision is. I don't need to have people believe in the, con- in the belief of my future as much as I need to empower them to put their vision inside of my own. Can you be happy? Can you play to your skill set? Can you do what you love and do it on this team? Can you believe that I can get us to this vision, leveraging your skill sets? I don't need you to believe in my vision. I don't need, I mean, I would, it would be nice. It's not contingent. I want them to, they don't have to. You are happy and you're fulfilled and you're doing with people you like. Hot dang. What more could I ask for teammates? We cool. We straight. You can apply your same skill set anywhere else and you choose to do it here. Thank you. I am honored. I'm gonna honor you for that but I don't need you to like and love and breathe my business the way that I do. We're a, we're a team, we're not a family. So again, different. I know people are like, we're a family here. That's fine, I love that. But like, I wanna play, I wanna play on the Olympic team. I, you know, it's like your family, like you, nobody's getting between me and my family, but that's why I don't work with my family. Cause I need to be able to say like, this ain't working. I'm gonna make a business decision. I'm not making a personal decision. And so when we hire for a, a, a role, Um, Let's say I'm looking, I'm I'm currently looking for a creative director. What I am trying to do, there's a lot of talented people who could do the job. So I'm going to list in this role description, everything they're going to be responsible for, what we're expecting, how do they know they're successful? How do they get and deal with feedback? All of this is just in this intake form. And once you pass the qualification area, then I'm going to map towards our core values. This is how we're going to get who's getting an interview. Our core values, some of our core values are going to be forward thinking. I need you to think about every step in the future and prepare for that so that when you come in with a proposal, with an idea, you're like, okay, this is what it is. This is what's going to come. And this is how we're going to prepare for it. Ah, already? Good. Another thing that we're thinking about is adaptability. I need to know that if your plan does not go to plan because they never do, you have a plan B and you have a plan C and you're ready to show up with just as much vigor as you were for your initial idea and plan. Those are just a couple of our core values. So we get through, yes, you're qualified. We measure them against the core values. And then one of the things that we're looking for, it's just to close like that, that last question was dealing with feedback. There was a time in my life that I was so concerned about hurting somebody's feelings that I kept on absorbing. Okay, well, I really need them to do this. I really need them to show up. And so instead, I'll like, let me just do it so many times that when they see me do it, they're going to be like, my thought was, oh, that's how she wants it done. Uh, I'll do it like that. And guess what? Never worked. If you don't tell people how they are not succeeding, they will not succeed. And so, out of my fear for making them feel bad, I was actually doing them a disservice. And it would end up being like, at the end of it, I was like, I'm just not satisfied with this job anymore. And they're like, why? And it seemed like it came out of nowhere when I was in the back of two years of just shutting my mouth, shutting my mouth. Let me just do the work. Let me just do the work instead of just saying, and so let's create a real time juxtaposition. Yesterday, I was working with somebody who in our content area and I had said, okay, so here's some facts. I stated three facts. I said, here's my desires, three desires. And here's how we measure the success of our new attempt at creating content. These three things. I was like, I want this to work. So now we have clean metrics. If we try our new content plan and it's succeeding the way that we want and we're getting the results, then we know this content plan works and we're going to be in this in the long haul. If after we go through this content plan and it's not working the way that we expected and we give it our best shot, then I'm going to say at that point in time, it's no longer serving both parties. Was that an easy conversation? Well, oftentimes we apply a a label, hard and easy, and we associate bad and good, and we have these negative emotions. What I have done is like, I'm having a conversation. I could choose to say it's hard. I could choose to say it's easy, or I could just look at it agnostically and be like, I'm having a conversation. I'm stating my truth because we're not friends. We are having a business transaction. Every person who comes in and works for the Jasmine Star Social Care Organization, it's a transaction. You have your personal brand that you are deciding to invest in here, and I am deciding to invest in you. Are you mutually happy? Are you mutually getting a response here? Because if not, then it is in your best interest, as it is in mine, for you to go somewhere where you are seen and you are known. So now I have a very clean slate with this next content creator. I'm like, we got some metrics to hit. Let's go. And if God forbid it doesn't work in this three month time span that we're looking at, we said we knew what it was and we missed it. No hard feelings we're good. We're going to go in a different direction.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. This is so good. So valuable. And also like, if you don't speak the truth, then you're doing both parties a disservice, right? Mm-hmm. Cause maybe it's not the right fit. You might as well just get it out of the way. Also, Absolutely. you mentioned three months there. So we just started hiring and so forth and we do like a three month, I don't know what you want to call it, probation period or something where we see if we're a good fit for each other. Is that what you're referring to?
1: Um, This is a very good point of clarification. So we call this, um, we call this our indoctrination, like our not indoctrination, our induction, <laughs> indoctrination. Well, there are that too. We do a 30, 60, 90 day uh, check-in program for anybody new we hire. So after 30 days we do an assessment. What's working? Where do you feel stuck? What things that we have seen that we would like to see improved on in the next 30 days, which is natural. Every time somebody's new to the organization, there's always a new way of getting acclimated of what's going on. And then we check in on the on the 60 days and we say, this is what we denoted in 30 days. Here is the progress or lack of progress that happened in between now. What is stopping you from achieving across the board all enhancements that has been requested? And then we get to the 90 days and if this person is not fully on board in 90 days, then we have a very clear documentation we wanted this. We stepped in here. We asked for assessments. We didn't miss the mark. It's probably not a good fit because if you're not hitting it within 90 days, you're not going to hit it in 90 months. So to me, that's it. Now for this particular person, we've been working together now for years. And it, the, beauty, the beauty of the conversation was that in all actuality, it's nothing with the quality of her work. It's nothing with the quality of how I'm showing up. It's nothing with the quality of the content. I'm just saying we have to change. We have to change our approach to actually be thinking about content in an ever-changing landscape does this approach still work? And that's the question. So it's not about her, it's not about me. It's like, does it work? Because if it doesn't work, then cool, you're gonna find somebody that it does work with because it might not be working with where I'm aligned to go. And so I think it was a really great conversation. She said it was a really great conversation. Now we have a very clear way. How do we win? And I have, I, I literally have no doubt. She's a, she's a smart whip. We're gonna find a way to win.
0: Uh, first of all, this is. I'm so glad we landed the plane here. And it's funny because I like to say like, tough conversations are a part of life. So you might as well get good at them. But why should I even label them tough? Maybe they're just conversations.
1: They're conversations. That was They're conversations. There's conversations. And what we do is uh, we state. I state, and I was just like, the story I'm telling myself. So I first put it on me. Well, first I'm going to start with like, you're amazing at what it is you do. We're having a complete agnostic conversation. Like we've been working together now a minute. We know you're good. And you know that what we, we have developed has been awesome. Now we're going to have a results conversation. And then we're going to have a, a plan conversation. And then we're going to have an assessment conversation at the end of the next three months. Are we cool? We're cool. There's no toughness about it. And we could say the story I'm telling myself is that you're going to take this personally or that it's a lack of vision on my, on my part. And when I said the story I'm telling myself, it opened up her to be like, that was never your responsibility. And I had done something that I'm just like, I felt guilty asking her. She's like, you felt guilty for asking me to do extra work. But what I heard and what I felt was that you'd given me a pathway to success. So good. Dang. Conversations. Conversations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Lean into them. Mm -hmm. Don't drop the mic. This is too good. Um, I think I know the answer because you, you mentioned it earlier. But what's the best? Everyone is very loyal and engaging. What's the best way for all of them to support you?
1: Uh, let's all support each other. I'm on. Um, I'm on social media on all social platforms at Jasmine Star, and my podcast is the Jasmine Star Show. All
0: right.
1: Thank you, homie. Thank yeah. you.
0: Hang up for one second. I want to catch you. Yeah. yeah. Jasmine, I want you to know you the definition of perspective, authenticity, and wisdom from taking your life experience and spreading positivity, light, and deep truths. I could personally guarantee your best yet to come. Keep on spreading your wings and leaving your mark on this world. So much love and respect for you. Thank you so much for stopping by and dropping these priceless, juicy nuggets today.
1: No, dude, <laughs> your closer and your openers and your closers, man. It hit me in the heart. Ugh, so good. Thank you. Thank you, homie. Thank you.
0: That was a special conversation. Thank you, Thank Chad. you,
1: Craig. Thank you, man. Thank you. You're you're a gifted conversationalist. You bring out the best. Likewise. Julie, it's a skill, man. It's a skill
0: thank you and that went all over the map in the best way possible oh totally yeah i i love everything that you're about i'd love to continue to support you let's stay connected
1: please i would love that i really mean that i'm not the kind of person um to not say something that i didn't mean so thank you
0: what's the best way on instagram
1: yeah it's where I, I answer my DMs faster than I answer my emails, if you can believe it. <laughs> I hate admitting it, but it's true. It's true.
0: Well, good. I'm gonna shoot you a message in like maybe ten please, minutes, and we'll please. support each other there.
1: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks, Craig. Take care. Blessings.
0: Have a good day. Bye, graduate.
1: Bye, Bye.
0: Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow me on Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore cls. The YouTube channel Craig Siegel. And our website, CultivateLastingSymphony.com, where you can sign up for our email blast with all free trainings on all of our content. The best is yet to come.